Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Giggs. Good morning to you. Happy Saturday. It is, what date are we talking? 15th of October. Top of 19 across Adelaide today. Bryce Gibbs is in. Nice and early. Been prepping, crunching numbers for the best part of three or four hours. Good morning to you, Gibbs. Good morning, Hazy. Yes, nice and in early this morning. Lots to talk about today. There's a lot to get through this morning. Unfortunately for the Crows, a little loss last night in the AFLW, which was a bit of a wake-up call. There's a top dog, and it is absolutely Brisbane now, the front runners, which will suit the Crows beautifully. They like to go into these contests as the underdogs. Um, but we're still um, talking a lot of football, even though the football finished about six months ago. Trade period finished on the week. You thought, here we go, let's just have a bit of a break. No, 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 no. Let's ramp it up. That's what I say. Yeah, well, it's been uh, been a big couple of days in the in the trade period towards the end, wasn't it? We were mm. sort of just hovering a little bit. Not much was happening, and then bang, a couple of big trades went through. Yeah, and then it just snowballed from there. A lot of the big names got to where they went, uh, and only a couple of trades didn't go through. And it was one that Port were looking to get done in a Salva Radigalia. That was supposed to be one of the minor trades compared to the big one, which was Jason Horn Francis. Uh, but there you go. And then all sorts of little conspiracy theories, theories suggesting that the Cats just held back Asava because they knew how good he could be at Port. <laughs> if that's true, that's a bit mean. Yeah, well, he sort of didn't get much opportunity this year, did he? No, at, four games. Uh, at the Cats. So they obviously realise what he's capable of or what potentially he could be capable of. So... Um, yeah, they, they played hardball, and as you said, I, I thought it was going to get done, especially with that pick 33 that they had left, but uh, the Cats wouldn't budge, and uh, they didn't get their man, Port Adelaide. All right, did you get your man over the line for a little chat this morning? What time we got Jason on Francis? I'm just looking at the run sheet here, and uh, I, I can't see him in there, so you know what? I'm just going to throw the run sheet out <laughs> and just start again. What time we got him on? I think he's coming in live in the studio this morning. Really? Yeah, a bit of a surprise for the boys. Okay. This there you go. Can or can't confirm though. Okay, well, hang on. Are you serious or what? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I couldn't get him over the line, but did catch up with him during the week. And uh, yeah, it was good to see how he's traveling after what's been a big couple of weeks for him personally. So he's nice and settled now, no doubt. You went out and had dinner, probably at, I don't know, what, Cafe Primo or somewhere like that? Down at Chibo. Nah, we went to uh, down the bay for a bit of Mexican. It was nice. Oh, good for you. Yeah. No, he, seemed, he seemed very, a uh, bit, rel- bit relieved would be the word. It had been a stressful couple of weeks, not knowing if the, the trade would get done. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's glad it's all done and now he can just get on with, uh, yeah, playing footy. Slots into Port's best 22 easily and he's ready to shine. So let's do that this morning. Uh, Port Adelaide and the Crows now that the wheeling and dealing and the trading is done. Both will go in with very, very short hands for the draft. So whoever they do pick up wouldn't be expected to probably integrate straight into the top 22. So the best sides for both sides. Let's do that. Um, we'll, we'll do it just after um, 9 o'clock this morning. Um, and we want your feedback. So some new additions, of course, for Port and the Crows. Isaac Rankin, the big one for the Crows. And then you've got Jason Horn-Francis 
And we've also got Junior Rioli. Bit of shuffling. Let's just assume as, ev- as well that everyone's going to be healthy. So straight away when you think, well, if health's a factor, Aratu Fantasia, maybe Charlie Dixon as well. Let's assume he gets back to the season he has when he was All-Australian. Um, it's fun. I love playing like this because you start to get really, really hopeful. And when you do look at them both on paper, there's a lot to be positive about. Yeah, absolutely. And they had both teams had a pretty clear uh, plan leading into the draft and uh, the, the draft, the, the trade period, and, and they went and got the guys that they they wanted. Apart from obviously Savaradiglia that we just spoke about, but the Crows, we we know we're all in on on Isaac Rankin, and he's going to be a, a great addition to to that forward line, and, and hopefully get it gets a few uh, few midfield minutes as well. We know what he's capable of up forward, but if he can add the midfield string to his bow, uh, he can become a, a pretty special player. So um, Port, on the other hand, got Jason. He's going to play. It sounds like they're going to play him a little bit more in the midfield, uh, which, he, which he told me the other night. So I think he's really excited about that as well. 0427-154-166. What did you learn from this year's trade period? So I think that what we learned overall is that anything's possible. Number one pick, who's been described as a generational talent on the eve of the trade period, says, look, I want to go to Port Adelaide. And it gets done with, I mean, it was a good hand still that Port had to exchange, but I think everyone can sort of universally agree that Port Adelaide is a big winner in this one. I think anything is absolutely possible in saying that. Probably Asav Radigalea, one of the easy ones, which was supposed to go through, didn't. But player movement, the AFL loves it. You love to see it. It's good theatre in it. And absolutely anything is possible. Any player is almost gettable now if they want to go to a particular club. Yeah, and it's been one of the the busiest trade periods and and for high-profile names too. So I think this has just set the bar that this is what the trade period is going to look like going forward in terms of players, as you said, wanting to go to clubs, whether they're in contract or not. It sort of seems like it doesn't matter. Contracts are are irrelevant, really, because... Mm. If you sign sign a big deal, uh, and then a couple of years later you you want to move and change clubs, yeah, seems that more likely than not you'll get to where you want, as you said. Do you know what a contract's just like a piece of paper, so it's as good as a rundown, and sometimes you just got to go and throw the rundown out and start again. Yeah, true. But what it will affect now is clubs drafting players mm. because if they're drafting players from interstate. They're going to be nervous. Yep. So will, will, will we get to the point where players will go into these, these meetings with clubs at the draft camp and be like, look, I know you're keen to take me at pick three, but I don't want to live in Brisbane. Mm. So, don't, so don't bother about it. Yeah. And look, what we were talking about during the week is play, the mix of player power, etc. But there's good examples where clubs have said to players, no, look, we want to trade you. I think it's best for you to move on. But yeah, the other thing which emerged was the go home factor. Like you said, Jason Lord Francis, um, Isaac Rankin, etc. A lot of these players. And now we heard it was GWS who were very vocal about it. We spoke to Jason Cripps. Clubs now are doing extra homework purely based on the fact that if there's South Australian kids for Port and the Crows to target to try and get back home. And for interstate clubs, uh, more cautious than usual than maybe they were 10, 20 years ago um, in drafting interstate kids the go-home factor. Yeah, yeah. And Jason McCartney was more vocal than anyone. He said, basically, the draft's nearly compromised because it changes our outlook on who we, we might pick up, knowing that we could lose them 12 months later. Mm. Same as the, the Jason Horn France situation. So yeah. I mean, it's staggering. Poor Jed, obviously, just waiting for that kid who's going to 
absolutely be shining um, in the heart of Western Sydney, who's going to be a star. Because well, there's the not too many pick, of those kids coming through. They've got the number one pick, so yeah, I think it is a will be a Victorian. Mm. Uh, all right, so that's on the menu this morning. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. Your key learnings from this year's trade period. Um, look, everything was quite smooth for Brett Ratton a few days ago, and all of a sudden, boop, sacked. That's the spot signing a fresh two-year contract extension just a couple of months ago. That is a brutal world. And saying that, the um, money pig in me says, well, he gets a very nice little payout. But, I mean, again, like you mentioned, a contract means nothing either way. You can either leave and go to different places or the club can just sack you, have a bit of a board meeting and have a bit of an internal review and all of a sudden, hey, Brett, thanks for your services. Here's a stack of money. See you later. I'm, I'm staggered with this. And we'll, we'll go into a, a bit more of a deep dive very shortly, but... To sign Brett Ratton to a contract extension only three months ago and then the football department to have a review or the the club to review the football department, which Simon Lethlane sat on, he was in charge of, reviewed it and then decides three months later they're going to sack their coach who they backed in. They're a mess, St mm. Kilda. They're an absolute mess. Yep. Um, oh, geez, it's just, yeah, it's incredible. They are... I mean, who takes on the job? If you've got some nominations, 0427154196 straight away. Uh, the obvious one, which everyone talks about, is Ross Lyon. Would he go back to his former club? Who who would want to coach Sekilda? So the initial reaction is, well, anyone's up for a, co- a head coaching job. But it's a death wish, is it not? Two or three years' time, you take on Sekilda, what kind of results would you expect in the next two years? And I think of blokes like Adam Uze, who's been the next coach in charge for the last three or four jobs, it would seem. We'll talk about this um, a little bit later, but another one is I wouldn't be surprised if Mark McVeigh's heavily in the mix because all of a sudden just resigns from GWS a couple of weeks ago. Um, but, geez, you'd, you'd want to be optimistic that you can really turn a club around over the next sort of couple of years. Otherwise, it's a dangerous job to take on. It certainly is, but I, I'm staggered that they've made this call. And they came out yesterday in the press conference and said that they've, they don't, haven't got anyone lined up. Mm-hmm. You're thinking if you're making a decision to change your coach at this time of the year, you'd, you'd think they'd have some sort of idea of, of who'd be next in line. They, they wouldn't buy into uh, that talk yesterday. Uh, and they said they've, um, you know, they, they know the characteristics of, of the next bloke that they want to take over as coach of this footy club, but um, yeah, I mean, you'd be pretty worried as a St Kilda supporter knowing that they're, they're pulling these sort of moves now and having no idea who's next. Mm. Um, did enjoy as well, we'll get to this very, very soon, when um, Camille Beetson from the Sydney Swans just had a little swipe at uh, our boy Rolly Beveridge. So when um, football folk or athletes have a crack back at journos, it's fun to watch. I've been on the receiving end a few times. It's confrontational. It's very, very awkward. Um, and usually you're not trying to go after athletes, but sometimes you've got to ask prickly questions because it's the glaringly obvious questions. And sometimes, and most times actually, athletes don't like it. I mean, for example, in this particular space, some of the questions that Matthew Nix has copped through this journey of the Crows savagely rebuilding, he's just handled it unbelievably well and nicely and you wonder um some other people if they would crack 
for example, when you go to a Port Adelaide press conference and Chris Davies is there, you know, <laughs> you know, one, um, you need to be, it needs to be an intelligent question. And two, you kind of need to know what you're talking about. Because if you don't, and it's an unintelligent question, CD's a chance to tell you it was an unintelligent question. Okay. Bit which of is, on the run. Which is really, which is good. It's refreshing. Keeps you on your toes. Very, very honest operator. So is Chris you, Davies. You, you're more prepped heading into a port. Well, no. knowing that if you slip up, no. you're in trouble. No, more so. You've just got to be, you just got to be very, very careful. Okay. Very, very straight shooter, which actually above everything else is, is appreciated because you get a, you get honest answers. But um, yeah, more than happy and more than confident to give you a clip if you need it. <laughs> well, everyone's going to be accountable, Hazy. Yeah. And some, uh, some blokes in the media, they can throw, throw out barbs, but uh, not cop the ramification. So it's nice to see them get a little bit of their own medicine at times. Yeah. That's from my personal view anyway. And sometimes, and we'll do this just after nine o'clock, where I think Riley Beveridge, I think he just got sort of mixed up with his words. And it can be just gone. Bang, had a crack at him, but which we've all done. Gosh, some of the questions I've asked. I remember we had Craig McDermott and some of the frosty responses. I don't know if it was his 10th interview or something, but he just got inducted into the Australian Cricket Hall of Fame. So I said to him, oh, mate, what a journey it's been. Along the lines of, you know, you achieved everything, blah, blah, blah. If there was one moment that you had to select as your favourite from your career, what would it be? So is, it, is that an okay question? Like, would you expect that when you were celebrating someone's career? Well, what was the fallout? Well, his response, he goes, oh, wow, really? That's, that's your question? <laughs> I was with Kane. We are both looking at each other like, whoa, what just happened here? And he went, oh, all right then. Yeah, okay. Um, like I suppose the World Cup was probably the highlight. And I went, jeez, oh, sorry, Craig. I didn't know that was a, a real, real touching point for you, but here we are. Well, it just uh, makes you review what, uh, what sort of questions you've got lined up, Hazy? Yeah, you just don't know. Um, some very, very good examples as well. Not just in Australian sports media, but some really, really solid ones over in America. In particular, some of the NBA players just get uh, a little bit fed up with some of the questions. It is, uh, makes for uh, good viewing when uh, some of the players, as you said, especially the NBA players, they bite back a little bit. Yes. They get a bit feisty. On top of that as well, particularly with the NBA players, where they're like, I don't give a shit what happens here. <laughs> yeah. Because I make $30 million, I can say whatever I want, however I feel, and at worst, I'll get fined $10,000, which change. is in my back pocket. Yep. I'll pay cash right now. You want cash? I'll give you cash. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, my personal assistant will hook you up with the bank details. <laughs> Different oh, world. Very good. All right, take 47 on 1629 SNSA. Bryce, um, this situation which the Saints player is going through right now, I mean, you've gone through it maybe a few times. Too many times. Too many times. Career. It's about, I think I had seven coaches over the journey. It's unbelievable. So we'll get a nice little insight from you next on the Brett Ratton situation and what the secure players might be feeling, what they might be going through. Um, 19 degrees across Adelaide today. It's going to be reasonably good weather. And we are doing, of course, thanks to our very good friends at Solitaire Volkswagen. The new performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. So go check them out. We're coming to you live from SNSA's Studio Lumo SA. We are powered by Lumo Energy SA. Good morning. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA, with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. 0427154166, the texts are just 
piling in. So we're trying to get through them all before 10.30. We'll do our best. Having a few little issues with the phone box as well, which is ongoing. It's been happening for the best part of a week. So there's obviously just a big old-fashioned giant gremlin in there who's just really inserted himself in there. We can't get him out. We can't even tempt him out with anything else. Too many calls, too many texts. It's just blown up. Apologies for that. Too many calls. We can't help it. Too many texts. All of a sudden, the phone box just absolutely shits itself. All right. So this one reads, lads, Ross Lyon pulled out of the Essendon job. Watch this space. That's from Joel. This one, guys, Archie Perkins during his draft year openly said he'll be staying in Melbourne and said he didn't want to go interstate. That's from Matt, which was a big move from Archie Perkins. Um, And I remember that. And I think, wow, that's ballsy from a young kid who has delivered. He's a good player. He's doing some very good things at Essendon. And I do remember thinking, is that the new way? I appreciate the honesty. I actually like that he said that versus some of the other kids where, I mean, clearly Tanner Bruin um, probably should have said the same thing. He went the other way, didn't he? Yeah, he sort of went, oh, wow, GWS, now I've got two years till I get back here. Archie Perkins knocked it on the head. I really liked it. Yeah, it, it was good, but things can change pretty quickly too. So um, be pretty pretty amazing if Archie Perkins comes in a couple of years and says, no, I want out. Mm. But you don't think that will happen after him coming out and stamping it right on the right from the start. But, um, yeah, I think it's just what we've seen in this, this trade period that uh, anything can happen. Mm. Don't expect the unexpected, Hazy. Yes, I always do. For me, and I was getting ready to um, go and catch up with Brett Ratton and talk about the security, but then, boop, open up my phone and he's been sacked. Gone. Sensationally sacked. Sacked. That's uh, two years after he signed a fresh contract extension, I think, which was in July. Um, let's hear from Secure CEO Andrew Bassett. And the decision to part ways with Brett Ratton has been a very painful one for the club and, of course, incredibly disappointing for Brett and his family. I will report back to members in the coming days with key components to that review. But in summary, we've made big improvements across all areas of the club. But there is a big gap between where we are now and where we want to be. We don't yet have the winning culture or ruthless commitment to football excellence that we need. Yes, uh, some big question marks in terms of that little comment about big improvements across the club. Um, Let's also hear about the mid-year contract extension um, and exactly what went wrong or the decision-making process with that. I want to address the issue of the contract extension mid-season. We gave Brett assurance at the start of 2022 that would give him clarity mid-year. At the time, the team was winning games and in contention, and we wanted to give Brett all the support he needed to give him the best chance of success and to show that he could be our long-term coach. If we as a club have regrets about that in hindsight, we cannot let those regrets get in the way of making the right decision for the future. Oh, when the Saints go marching in, get around at Saints supporters. It's a really, really good time for your club. I... I uh... Did, did you actually watch the presser or it, it was awkward? Yeah. Like it looked <laughs> awkward. It did. It really did. And some of the stuff yeah, that, that come out and some of those quotes that, uh, that Andrew Bassett said, it, it just doesn't line up. Like it just does not make sense that they can re-sign a coach for a couple of years, only three months ago, and then backflip on the decision saying they don't have the ruthless program, that their culture's not right yet. Three months ago, they were fine. They were tracking, tracking the way they wanted to. Oh, all right. First of all, there's a bunch of questions to ask you about this because you know Brett Ratton well. Um, what sort of operator is he? And Because I kept on hearing good things, that he was good with relationships and that he was, as a whole, really liked by the players. What was your experience with him like? 
I had I got a lot of a lot of time and a lot of respect for for Rats as a coach, and I certainly think he learned a lot from his first first few years at Carlton uh, and he, and his coaching days. Uh, this time around at St Kilda, um, and by all reports, the players loved him. Mm. Like, and it was only a couple of days ago that he was out scouting draft prospects and going to the the draft combine and thinking that uh, getting on with season two thousand and twenty three, but. He, he, it's got similar stuff at like at Carlton early days because he, he had the club going pretty well. So I think when he took over, we'd, we'd won four games for the year in 2007, I think it was, and then he'd come on board. And we, we played finals in two years later in 2009. And then for the next three years, played in a final series as well. So 2009, 2010, 2011. Um, and we're, I think we are a kick away from a prelim at one stage. We played West Coast over in West Coast. Uh, we had a couple of injuries uh, in that final series and, and, and went down by a kick. So, we, like, his, his, I think he, his win-loss record was about 50%, but got the club from down the bottom to, to contending uh, in the finals pretty quickly. And he was he was, he was pretty intense coach in terms of um, he wanted, wanted a, not a lot of control, but he, he wanted to oversee everything. Uh, and he was—he had a very good football mind. So tactically, um, the way he saw the game to make moves, very, very smart. But it was probably too far that way. So, I mean, I remember him getting some feedback from the players in terms, you know, we want you to build on your relationships with the players and get to know them more outside of, of the footy club. And, and to his credit, he tried to do that, but it sort of those conversations didn't last too long. So he'd be talking to you about what's going on in your life, your family, and then within five minutes it'd somehow get back to footy chat and footy related and tactics and 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 that sort of thing. So um, I think when he he moved on from Carlton, he went away and he um, I think he ended up at Hawthorne and um, he sort of worked on those those areas that he needed to and he was a lot a lot better second time round coaching uh, coaching St Kilda and and even at halfway through this year they were they were flying. They, yeah. they were going really well. So um, for whatever reason, Carlton looked looked to have a bit of a quick fix, and there were some rumours getting thrown around about mid-year about Mick Malthouse and his availability and and whether uh, he was gettable for Carlton. And looking back, I think it was probably the wrong decision mm. at the time because, as I said before, Rats had actually got us to a point where we were playing really good footy, we were really fit, we had the list was in pretty good shape. And uh, we're going along all right. And I think Carlton went for a bit of a quick fix where they thought Mick could be the, the man to, to take us to, to that premiership or you know, to go deeper in, into finals than, than we were. But um, looking back, I think Rats was pretty harshly dealt with back then at Carlton. And I certainly think he's been harshly dealt with this time around at St Kilda. God, it looks like he could be the scapegoat from two different clubs, two different situations. Um, this text, Brett Ratner is one of the good guys in footy. To make him plead for his job before sacking him is beyond appalling. Shame, shame, Sekilda. That's from Mitch. Uh, a lot of texts coming through uh, along the same sort of theme on 0427-154-166. So what, was it, how many coaches sacked while you were there because of you? <laughs> Not that last bit. My poor performances. <laughs> uh, well, Dennis Pagan. Yep. Brett Ratton. Mick Malthouse. Brendan Bolton, although... I wasn't there when he got moved yep. on. Don Pike. That was it. Wow. Jeez, wherever Bryce Gibbs goes, 
coaching terminations follow. <laughs> Jared Buffer right. Watch out. <laughs> so what's it like for the players? So and how does the information filter through? And how many times and were there situations where we keep on hearing that some of the players found out the same way that we did, which was via um, an AFL.com.au article with Callum Toomey? Yeah, well, it, it all happens different ways, but I mean, it's a bit of a, a bit of a shock at times. Like, especially I remember when rats they they move rats on. I, mean, I think we ha- we did cop a bad loss to the Gold Coast, I think, who were horrible at the time, and that might have been the the last straw. But I mean, he had a good relationship with the players at the time, so it, it is it is a sad time and a hard time knowing that someone that you've spent so much with invested that they've invested so much in you and I don't know you feel a bit helpless as a player because you have to back the club in like you don't really have a choice it's not like the, they they would ask the leadership group on on their opinion I suppose that they would probably have some sort of say but at the end of the day that the club make these decisions and, and you've just got to you got to go with it whether you like it or not you've got to turn up and just I suppose hope for the best and straight away I think well there's always examples of a new coach coming in who likes specific players and doesn't like others. Better opportunities for some and maybe some players who it can almost ruin their career uh, when new coaches come in. Interesting situation for Securita. Top candidates so far, they're saying Ross Lyon, Adam Uze, Don Pike, Leon Cameron, Scott Burns. I'd throw Mark McVeigh in that list as well. Robert Harvey. Robert Harvey. I mean, there's some, there's some good ones. What, what do they need? I feel like they- Adam Uze is going to be the next in line for every single coaching job that comes up until he gets it. Well, what, what do they need? Do they need, like Essendon wanted, they wanted a more senior coach like a Ross Lyon to, to come in and who's had that experience, who, who's done it before, or do they go? They back someone in like an Adam Uze or someone like a, an Ashley Hansen who, who's got big raps on him as well, someone that uh, will be a new first-time coach. So amongst that list, list, Justin, amongst that list, you've got a, a beautiful mix. So you've got Ross Lyon. Uh, Don Pike, Leon Cameron, who have been there before. All experience, yep. All experience. The new ones, of course, Adam Uze, um, Scott Burns, who again is in that, um, you know, forever bridesmaid type situation where is he going to be a senior coach one day? He's got aspirations. He's been heavily linked to several jobs. Uh, Mark McVeigh, you put him in as an inexperienced coach with some experience. He took over GWS this year, so he knows what it's like to be in the absolute hot seat. There's a good mix there. It's a good question. Do you go with someone new or do you need someone experienced? Depends what the expectations are for Secura over the next sort of couple of years. If they are expecting to play finals over the next couple of years, and maybe it is someone with experience. Well, when your list manager comes out and says, this is not a, a premiership list, this is not a finals list, they're, they're going to have a major reset. Then maybe, this, then maybe you can uh, take the punt and start with someone new. Maybe it finally is Adam Uze's turn. Potentially. So, uh, yeah, I think whether they just didn't, tell the media and tell everyone yesterday they're actually plans, that they, they would have to have some sort of idea who's next in line. Yep. You, you can't be making these decisions a couple of weeks out from the start of pre-season, the start of a draft, uh, when, when you only signed this, this coach, Brett Ratton, three months ago to a, to a contract extension. I'd just love to know the inner thoughts of some of these blokes who are in line to take this job. And straight away, everyone thinks, well, everyone... Any football club would say yes to an opportunity like that. I still think blokes would be selective and say, no, 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 that's, it's too much of a risk because then what happens two or three years later, Saints are still a basket case, you get fired and you're on the scrap heap. And it's so hard to come back as a senior coach after you've been on the scrap heap. 
Yeah, it certainly is. And yeah, it can, it can certainly make or break you. And it sort of had that feel with Essendon, didn't it? Like all the decisions they've made over the last you know, 20 years uh, off field and their leadership. And there was, a, there was this one stage there, uh, guys were, coaches were avoiding the job. They weren't interested in, in taking on that responsibility because they know what comes with it working at that footy club. Mm. Your thoughts? What a mess, eh? Secure to 0427-154-166. Saints supporters out there, who would you like to see coach your club? Can give us a call as well, of course, up until 10.30. one 736 736 Doing a thanks to our mates at Solitaire Volkswagen. The new Performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. Check it out. Let's get to the news. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, some good weather on the way as well. Top of 19 degrees. Uh, should be reasonably sunny. Just a little bit of cloud about the place. Don't think it's going to rain, but I haven't spoken to God this morning. <laughs> so get in touch, God. 0427 154 uh, But you're in charge of the weather, Bryce. What's going to happen here? Uh, no, nah, it should be fine. Hazy, what did you say? Top of 19? Yeah. Just cloud cover. Cloud cover. Expect some cloud cover over the afternoon. Hey, 25 degrees and sunny on Monday. Ooh, that's yeah, good. Yeah, we like that. Get your calves out for that. Yours already are. <laughs> yeah. They're out every day. 363 days a year they're out. Do you feel pressure? Like when, you, when I wear jeans on them, yes. You're on the record daily saying, oh, I wear shorts every day. Every mm. day of the year, 365 days a year. What happens when you actually have to wear pants? Does <laughs> it, do you feel... The pressure that, oh, geez, I got pants on. I can hear my calves talking to me when I'm wearing the pants. And they're like, what are we doing? What's going on here? Why are you hiding we us? We can't breathe. People should see us. <laughs> Look at us. You do have nice calves, Hazy. <laughs> yeah. If we can all agree on one thing, it's that my calves are sensational. <laughs> the, jo- the Johnny drama calf implants. Are we, <laughs> we, talk so in those, we talk in those levels. Yeah. And they're so useless, my calves. Like, they look okay. <laughs> but I used to cramp up at the start of the third quarter. My calves. Like, they are built. You know what they're built for? What are they built for? They were built for rugby league. Okay. Short, sharp, impact sport. And I tried to put them through this endurance sport of Australian rules football. And they said, no, no, no. No, no, bro. We're done at halftime. We just want to sit back and watch some NRL. But, and now I nicked them the other day as well. My right calf on the treadmill. I got about three Ks in and boop, nicked it. So now I'm out for another couple of weeks. Like, who, who nicks their calf running about 10 Ks an hour on a treadmill? You. Me. Yeah. So... As good as they look, actually quite useless underneath. (laughs) Anyway, let's straighten up and let's see what else we can get up to apart from looking at my calves today. This Saturday scoreboard. Far too much calf chat. I think it's fair to say. Far too much calf chat. Slow news week maybe, Hazy. (laughs) Real real slow news week. Uh, What's on across Adelaide today? Climbers Trade Centre at Regency Park has the best stake in prices. Um, Looking for some ideas, Bryce. What have you got? I've got, uh, well, the Morphville races are on today, and it's Everest and Caulfield Cup Day, so if you uh, you like the races, head down from 11 and have a look there. It'll be busy, no doubt. We've got the AFLW on as well. Get down to Albert and Oval from 12.40 today to watch the Port Adelaide women's team take on North Melbourne. It's going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. North Melbourne are, uh, are a pretty solid side, so... They won't go into this one for, uh, as favourites, Port Adelaide, but um, they'll give it a red-hot crack, no doubt. Yeah, Gemma Houghton is back for Port as well. One of the great players in AFLW. She's back from that ankle injury, which has kept her out since round two. So a bit of firepower up forward for the power. Still, though, North Melbourne, very good team. Yeah, certainly. And uh, 
Port have, have had be a bit disappointed. The last couple of weeks, they they were in winning positions or, or had a chance to win and, and couldn't get it done. Bit of in, uh, inaccuracy in front of goal. One goal ten, I think they kicked last yeah. week. So, no doubt they would have had a bit of goal kicking practice during the week, and we'll look to turn that around. Darkness. The darkness. I just saw that. Are playing tonight at the Thebby Theatre. Remember the darkness? Yeah. Your favourite darkness song? Uh, I believe in a thing called love. That's it. Did How's it go? Right? I believe in a thing called love. There's a thing <laughs> Dude, that'll do. What else? Love is only a feeling. No, I don't know that one. Love is only a feeling. No. Ah, oh, the darkness. Gosh, they were good. Justin Hawkins. So this is the bloke who has just got the most beautiful falsetto that you've ever heard in your life. I think it was Justin Hawkins who legally changed his middle name to Danger. Justin Danger Hawkins. That's, that's brilliant. That's rock star, that's isn't it? Really good stuff. Uh, if you've got some ideas for what we can get up to across Adelaide today, text them through 0427 154 166. Or better still, if you can, give us a call 1300 736 736. Uh, Climate's Trade Centre at Regency Park has the best day and prices. What you need when you need it. Coming up next, Gibbsy as well. Um, we want to talk about um, the best 22 for both of our sides, Port Adelaide and the Crows. Because the wheeling and dealing is done, we know what our sides are going to look like next year because both sides will go in with short hands in the draft. You wouldn't expect that whoever they do pick up to have that much of an instant impact in saying that. There could be a gem at pick 23. That's early enough for um, the Crows to do something. Pick 33 for Port Adelaide. Uh, but your best 22 and maybe some people who are on the cusp for both your clubs, give us your nominations. 0427 154 166. It's 12 minutes past nine. Good morning. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA, with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Text line is just going absolutely bananas, as the kids say. 0427 154 166. Thank you for the text. We'll get through all of them, if we can, before 10.30. This one from our good mate Callum. He said, boys, the delisting of Marty Frederick is a tough one. Really love when a kid comes from the area and works their way up to the AFL, watching him play for Portland. As a kid, got a feeling he'll find a spot on the list out west. I hope so. That's a tough decision for Marty Frederick, because... Um, either way, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. You know some of those guys who get delisted, but if it was a different notification saying he'd been given another year, you wouldn't be surprised? No, Marty no, Frederick's one of those. No, yeah, you're, you're right. And he's got a bit of X factor. He's, he's, geez, he's quick. Yeah, and he uses the ball pretty well. But I dare say he'll get another chance on another list, whether that's he gets picked up late in the draft or he, he gets picked up as a rookie. But uh, I, I dare say he'll find himself on a list yeah, the, the the issue for Marty Frederick is if he's playing as a small forward or even a running defender, th- that is where they are absolutely stacked. They've got so much depth now in both of those categories. I mean, we're going to launch into our best 22s and we're probably going to have a little debate as to whether, you know, who gets one of the sp- small forward spots when you've got Orazio and now Junior Rioli and a few others fighting for it. So um, perhaps the wrong place, wrong time for Marty Frederick. And I'm really hopeful uh, that, like Calm suggested, even gets a spot out west to play alongside his brother. Yeah, and I see. I think he plays his best footy off half back. To be honest, yeah. high half back attacking, uh, use his pace, break the lines. I reckon he, he's more suited off the half back than than in the half forward line. Yep. Uh, the other decision that came out of Port Adelaide yesterday was uh, Dylan Williams. He has been delisted, but he is assured of a rookie spot. Uh, was still on contract as well. Jed McEntee and Trent Dumont given contract extensions. No real surprises there. No, nah, that, uh, that seemed like it was going to play out with, yep. in all those cases. So 
Uh, yeah, as you said, they've uh, they final. Well, we haven't heard much from the Crows yet, have we? I don't think they've delisted anyone. No, to this state, which is is that strange? Uh, it's uh, they. It, it'll happen next week. Okay, they've said, and I suppose the big question marks are on James Rowe and probably Brett Turner as well. Whether Brett Turner gets another opportunity. Um, of course, he was a mid-season pickup, and James Rowe, who's played a fair bit of footy over the last couple of years, um, would be very, very stiff to miss out. In saying that, again, um, if there's an area that the Crows are stacked in, it's small forwards. Yeah, and he's probably not big enough to go play as a genuine midfielder, is he, Jimmy Rowe? Um, so, although he, he did play some really good games as that high half for getting up uh, as an extra to the stoppages and and working through and, and linking up, uh, delivering the ball inside 50. But, yeah, I mean, when you've got Rochelle, uh, McAdam, and then you go ahead and get Isaac Rankin as well, yeah. uh, it's gonna, it was going to be hard for him to, to squeeze back into that side. Mm, all right, let's do our best 22s for 2023. We'll start with Port Adelaide. So, bear with me, Bryce. Um, and look, rolling commentary. Please get it through. 0427154166, the back line. Got Darcy Byrne-Jones, Tom Jonas... Trent McKenzie as well. I think there's going to be another little battle, pre-season battle between Trent McKenzie and Tom Cleary. Um, so McKenzie, Ryan Burton, Alira Lear, and probably Kane Farrell, which would mean Dan Houston up on the wing. And also it means one of the unlucky ones could be Riley Bonner and also Jace Burgoyne. So there you go. Straight away, that's where that depth is shining through. They've got a lot of running halfbacks. So if potentially Riley Bonner and Jace Berg- Burgoyne and maybe even Miles Bergman aren't in your starting 22, the depth looks really good. So just to recap on that, back line, Darcy Byrne-Jones, Tom Jonas, Trent McKenzie, Ryan Burton, Alira Lear and Kane Farrell. Um, the centre, Xavier Dersmer and Dan Houston as the wings. Dersmer gets a really, really good solid opportunity to solidify his spot as a wingman with Carl Amon departing. And you've got uh, Zach Butters as your genuine sentiment. Um, forward line. Jason Horn francis Travis Spoke as rotating forwards going through the midfield. And then you've got Todd Marshall, Junior Rioli, Charlie Dixon, and Mitch Georgiades. Your followers, Scott Lysett, Connor Rosie, and Ollie Wines. So in essence, it means um, your midfield, and this sounds so good, is Lysett, Rosie, Wines, with Jason Horn francis and Travis Spoke rotating through there. And then potentially... You've got Sam Powell Pepper coming off the bench, rotating through there as well. That's as good as midfield as you'll find, I reckon. That's a, that's a top four midfield right there. And that's a midfield you can see working together for the next 10 years. Yep. That's, uh, they've, they've got some amazing talent in there. And that's a pretty good team, Hazy. It's, mm. uh, it's very, a lot, very flexible, yep. which is, what, which is what, uh, what stands out for me. Yep. So interchange, Jeremy Finlayson, Lockie Jones, Sam Powell Pepper, and Orazio Fantasia. So Jeremy Finlayson starts on the bench because, I mean, he could play anywhere. I mean, I don't even know what um, – such was his efforts last year. I don't even know what his best position is, which is actually a massive compliment. Yeah. Because he – I feel like he turned up as, well, he's going to be forward, uh, but now he could be a genuine ruckman if he needed him to be. And who knows? He's that sort of football that I, I reckon he could plug a hole down back if you really needed him to be in there. So he's a genuine Mr. Fix-It. Lockie Jones, it would depend on matchups. He could start on the ground as a defender depending on um, a real dangerous small forward. Sam Pepper, same sort of thing. You can almost put him anywhere. At some stages last year, he was playing in the ruck and doing a pretty good job. Um, and you just love the idea that Sam Pepper could come off the bench, especially when you needed some grunt in the midfield or even up forward, a bit of a spark, and he's going to provide that. And then Horacio Fantasia, uh, 
I really hope for his sake and for Port Adelaide's sake that he has a fit and full year. Because if he does and he has no injury concerns, well, then that's going to be a really nice little selection headache for Ken Hinckley. If you've got Junior Rioli fit as well and some of these other guys as well. Yeah, they'll, uh, they'll be hoping that he can stay fit, Orazio Fantasia, because uh, he can add that another just dimension to that what looks like a pretty good forward line already. Yep. So just the guys uh, on the cusp. So that means, and this shows the depth of Port Adelaide, you've got Josh Sin, you've got Tom Cleary, Riley Bonner, Jace Bergwijn, Miles Bergman, all pushing for a spot. So look, right now, they stay injury-free, depth is outstanding, and that's a really good 22. Yeah, it certainly is. And as I said before, I just say it's really flexible. So you can play uh, Dan Houston, put him to halfback. George Yardis could come up on the wing. Uh, as you said, uh, Fleet and Layson could, could play centre-half back if they needed to. And he did look – how good did he look in the ruck? He, he played like an extra midfielder. He, yeah. His work at ground level in terms of below his knees for a big fella – It's amazing. He's as good as a, a tall mid. Yeah. So uh, a lot of flexibility in that side, Hazy. Yep, absolutely. All right. Um, your thoughts? So 427-154-166. Want to get you involved with Port Adelaide and the Crows' best 22. Um, for Adelaide, Gibbsy, what do you reckon? All right. So start in the back line. I've got Jordan Butts, uh, Jordan Butts, uh, Butts and Murray holding down fullback and centre half back with Worrell and Dude is that those intercepting players, and then Brody Smith and Jones coming as your as your high half backs. Jordan Dawson and Saligo, the man who Richie Douglas is, thinks is going to be a better player than Jason or Francis, yep. with Ben Keys as your centreman. Yep, and this forward line. This is a scary-looking forward line on paper. Darcy Fogarty, Taylor Walker, Riley Thilthorpe, Shane McAdam, yep. Josh Rochelle, Isaac Rankin. That's good. That is a really good forward line. Riley O'Brien, Roy Laird, and Little Berry, the tackling machine, to round out the starting midfield. And then on the interchange, I've got Haitley, I've got Rory Sloan, who will probably spend a bit more time forward, Harry Schomburg, and Wayne Malira. Yep, okay, that's good. That's solid enough. Um, thoughts on that, Crows fans? 0427154166. This one from Brad. Hi, guys. I'd like to see the Crows use Chase Jones straight running on a wing and use Parnell in the back line. Instead, time for Jones to use his speed up the ground. Uh, Paddy Parnell's got a few nice little tricks up his sleeve and he's got a few attributes that would make him a really good, solid defender, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a couple of stiff guys. And I mean, um, Ned McHenry, I couldn't find a spot for with, with Isaac Rankin coming in. Uh, where, does he, where does he play other than that, that forward pressure role? They're, they're sort of stacked in that area at the moment. Um, it'd be interesting to see if Paul Seedsman can get back as well. Obviously, with his concussions and, and head knocks, he, he spent the whole year out. So he, if he's up and firing, he's certainly in their best, best 22. But... Uh, we're, we're unsure whether whether he's going to get back to full fitness, um, and that's about it, I think. And Lockie Murphy's the same. He sort of plays that that high half forward role. Can can come up uh, to the stoppages as an extra, but uh, with McAdam, Rochelle, and Rankin in there, uh, and Rory Lo- Rory Sloan going to be spending more time as that half forward as well. I think uh, I just couldn't find a spot for him. So on the cusp, the likes of McHenry, Seedsman depending on his body, exactly where that's going. Because as we know, if Paul Seedsman gets himself back um, into, you know, the form that he can be, he's an absolute A-grader. Lockie Murphy, Fisher Mackesy as well, depending on his development. 
So, look, the depth obviously isn't quite uh, as strong as Port Adelaide's, but there's still bits and pieces to work with for Matthew Nix. And they are absolutely heading in the right direction. Yeah, they are. And it's just probably the, the only worrying part about this side would be their back line. If they, they struggle a little bit, I mean, Jordan Butts has, has shown some great development over the last couple of years and he's shown he can, he can hold himself against some of these big key forwards. Uh, and Murray as well. If one of them was to go down, they're going to be pretty thin in the, in the key defence part of the ground, I think. Yep. Um, this is a great text. I love it. 0427154166. From a broader South Australian football perspective, frothing on the idea of Rankin and Rochelle versus Horn Francis and Rosie lighting up Adelaide Oval. Absolutely. That's a nice salivating showdown thought. It's going to make for a good showdown, isn't it? And uh, through that midfield, because we're going to see Isaac Rankin play a little bit of midfield time. We're going to see Rochelle go through there as well, I think. Uh, and that would be a pretty special centre bounce combo. Those two in there, up against Jason Hall Francis, up against Rosie. Uh, mouth-watering matchups and... I can't wait for the showdowns this year. Oh, it's going to be very, very fun it's to be watch. So entertaining. Um, bit of feedback from Nath in uh, Salisbury North. He said, "Andrew, Port Adelaide are not leaving Alberton without Jace Bergwijn for the next fifteen years, mate." Um, yeah, look, the future does look really, really good. I'm not saying he's not good enough to be there. I'm just saying that the depth is such at the moment for Port Adelaide, particularly for running defenders, um, that look, he might have to. In my opinion, he might have to take a few medi sub vests. Uh, again, and, or a bit of a spot on the bench, depending on injuries, etc. But if they're absolutely fully fit right now, um, yeah, it'll be a nice little tussle for spots, particularly in Port Adelaide's back line. And it's amazing what another pre-season does as well. I mean, he, he's pretty slight frame, so another pre-season in the gym, uh, working on his tank as well, uh, you can improve pretty quickly. So, um, But yeah, if, if he's up and going, it's going uh, to be a tough match committee selection period from week to week for Port Adelaide, I reckon. Uh, this text as well. What about Jackson Mead? It's a very, very good text because I do have him on his list here. I'm not sure if I read it out on the um, unlucky few who are pushing for selection. So Jackson Mead, uh, along with a few others, probably Jed McEntee as well. But I'll tell you what it does mean, that if everyone is fully fit, geez, the Maggies will be good in the sample again. <laughs> They'll return to where they want to be. Yeah, they didn't They didn't have the best year in the sample this year. But, uh, yeah, obviously injuries plays a big part in that. And... Uh, they're, if they're healthy, they're, um, they can bounce back really quickly, which is, which is exactly what Adelaide did two years ago in the Sandfall, or last year in the Sandfall. They were, they were thin. They got smashed with injury, had a, had a poor year in the Sandfall, and we saw them stay relatively healthy at AFL level this year, and their Sandfall side was arguably the best side in the comp all year. All right, get involved. Your thoughts? Your best 22 for both the Crows and Ports. Um, we'll get this up on social media. What changes would you make? 0427 154 166 or would you give us a call? 1300 736 736. is 29 minutes past nine. Top of 19 across Adelaide today. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yes, text line 0427 154 166. Really busy this morning. Some quick news coming out of the Adelaide Football Club, Gibbsy, because we were speaking about it just before. We are expecting that the Crows would announce their delistings, their departures next week, but they announced it um, about two minutes ago. They did. So James Rowe, Brett Turner and Ben Davis all have been delisted from the Adelaide Crows. Yep, there you go. So that means that uh, James Borlace... Derek Newchurch have been retained as Category B rookies. Um, I mean, just stiff, absolutely stiff for both players, and that is um, James Rowe and also Brett Turner. Of course, Brett Turner was a mid-season rookie 
it's a shit rule. Six months. It should be a year and a half minimum. Well, or play him. Like, they've picked him up from Glenelg, and, which is fantastic for Brett to, to get that opportunity, but he didn't get an opportunity. Yeah. And the Crows were in a position to, to give him a game and, and have a look at him at AFL level and, and see what he could do because he was playing pretty well at Sandful level and had a big final series. Good final series. For the, for the Sandful side after missing most of the first half of the year, I think, with a, with a foot injury. But for them to pick him up, and Bull reports they were going to play him, and then didn't, and then delist him six months later. That just yeah, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, really unlucky for Brett Turner. And also James Rowe, who has been very, very good as a whole uh, in his short career at the Adelaide Crows. I dare say his AFL journey's not finished. Is, there would certainly be a side or two that could use the services of James Rowe. Your thoughts, though? 0427 154 166. Um, we're going to have some fun this morning as well. Just uh, a little... Instances where uh, athletes really take down journos. Um, so get involved with that. one 736 is the number. Um, we're pressed up against the news, so let's get into it. But let's continue this conversation after in regards to James Rowe and Brett Turner. It's just been announced from the Adelaide Football Club that both those players, along with Ben Davis, have been delisted. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, do you want to thanks to our good mates at Solitaire Volkswagen. That's where you'll find the new performance R range. Go check it out. And we're powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning. Text line fired up 0427-154-166. Gibbsy, big news coming out of the Adelaide Football Club. They've made their, finally, they've made some delistings and their final sort of list lodgement ahead of the draft next month. So James Rowe has been delisted after 36 games in a couple of years. Ben Davis departs after 11 games. Brett Turner, the mid-season recruit from Glenelg, has also been delisted, um, which is really, really stiff. It does say as well on this particular release that the club will consider uh, drafting him next month, redrafting him as a rookie. So hopefully that comes too. But still, um, James Rowe as a whole, that's pretty stiff. Like 36 games in a couple of years, that's actually a good return. Well, they're just stacked in the small forward space all of a sudden mm. with uh, Josh Rochelle coming in and then uh, Isaac Rankin as well. So, um, yeah, maybe it's just a case of unlucky mm. for Jimmy Rowe. Thoughts? Um, unlucky or did you expect this to happen? 0427-154-166. Delisted James Rowe, Ben Davis and Brett Turner. Although Brett Turner hopefully will be retained or redrafted as a rookie in a month's time. Um, should we have some fun, Bryce? What do you reckon? Because it's Saturday. I okay. love having fun. It's been working hard all week. I'm ready to live my life now on the weekend. So can we just have some fun? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, this was very interesting on the weekend. Uh, Camille Beetson, of course, who was one of the head honchos up at Sydney Swans and was getting interviewed by Riley Beveridge. Sometimes when a journo accidentally, I mean, Riley Beveridge is an extremely good operator, maybe just gets the words sort of mixed up. And um, the athlete, or in this uh, particular situation, it's Camille Beatsman, just absolutely appraise on the vulnerability of this question from Riley Beveridge. He was trying to ask him about the draft. Have you surveyed the talent come draft time? What type of players you might be looking for? You've got Angus Sheldrick last year, who's one of Cal's personal favourites, as we know. <laughs> what, what type of player would you be looking for this year? No, we haven't looked at the talent pool yet, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> That is one of the dumbest questions I've ever asked. Seriously, solid stuff. Someone loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it was that with the laugh. I think it was Nat Edwards. Nat Edwards was it? She was really diffusing she, the situation. She was with it. <laughs> That's very very good. Uh, when athletes turn on journos, it's fun. It's good solid stuff. I mean, in several situations where you're like, oh boy, this is heading in a very prickly direction. 
Well, he's just pointing out the obvious, isn't he? Yeah, probably is. I would have said the same thing. I do enjoy uh, Marshawn Lynch and his efforts in the media when he was playing in the NFL. Um, This was a man who, look, I dare say, wouldn't go out of his way to to do media. So much so that one time he got fined for uh, not doing um, his media commitments. And in the next press conference, was very happy to let... Uh, the journos know why he wasn't doing he was doing the press conference hey i'm just here to, so i don't get fined so y'all can sit here and ask me all the questions y'all want to i'm going to answer with the same answer so y'all can shoot i'm here so i won't get fined i'm here so i won't get fined i'm here so i won't get fined i'm just here so i won't get fined it's so good back in the days <laughs> so in the nfl they have a media day so they have media days. They have um, like com- the NBA do. Yeah, they have well. compulsory media days where um, all the players have to sit down and get interviewed by the media. And for one of them, Marshawn didn't do it. And <laughs> just he got didn't fined. show. Yeah, yeah. So he's shown up to this media day the year after and just said, "I'm here because I won't get fined." So I won't get fined. Answered every question. Every like single that. one. That's brilliant. Yeah. Mike Tyson back in the day uh, on Canadian TV. Some of your critics would say, you know, there's a race for mayor. We know you're a convicted rapist. This could hurt his campaign. How would you respond to that? Hey, um, I don't know who said that. You're the only one I heard say that. You know what I mean? And I don't have no comment to that, you know, because it's negative and you're being negative. And you come across like a nice guy, but you're really a piece of shit. Hey, with that come comment. on, come on. No, that was a piece of shit. you. That was a piece of Hey, come on. Hey. <laughs> do, you re- do you reckon the journal is just trying to step back? As, yeah. as Tyson's starting to fire up there, he's like, Every, I mean, everything I might was be in trouble here. real civil there, wasn't it? <laughs> You're a piece of shit. You go, Whoa, hang on, Mike. Come on, I'm just stating some facts. Chris Paul can be very prickly, who now, of course, plays for the Phoenix Suns, but I reckon at this particular time he's playing for the Clippers. You called Jazz fans true homers on TNT, and right. uh, was that meant as a compliment? Or was that meant as something maybe less savory than a Tell compliment? me what you took it as. If you're that reaching, if you're reaching that much, you tell me what you took it as. I would think it would be a compliment because exactly. they make you like that your means team. they like their team. Yeah. Like, why even try that though? Like I've said that before, they're homers, and I said when you go play there, you don't really see like opposing teams' jerseys. You know what I mean? Like they support their team. You know what I mean? Which is good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm how only could you even take that in another they way? They seem to be upset about it. I I I didn't think it was a, a problem. Yeah, so anybody you reaching if you thinking that's something else. You gotta get a different hashtag. Come on, man. <laughs> get a different hashtag. Come on, man. You reach it. <laughs> that's good. Um, your boy Nick Kyrgios, famous for really, really speaking his mind and being open and honest about every situation when he does media press conferences. Um, question here about his Wimbledon attire when he was just basically going against everything that the dress code stands for. Why then would you walk onto Centre Court with bright red trainers on and do an interview in a red cap? Because I do what I want. <laughs> so you're above the rules? I just like wearing my Jordans. But there are rules specifically against that. The referee, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but the referees are going to be speaking to you about it. That's okay. Afterwards. You've laughed it off, so, so that's all part of it, isn't it? Well, yes, yeah, more attention for me. What's that saying? Any publicity is good publicity, right? If you say so. Okay. Keep doing you then, champion. <laughs> Keep doing you, champion. That's a next level champion, oh, someone as well. Brilliant. You can champ someone, but when you call them a champion. Champion. <laughs> you keep doing you, champion. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Rossi Lyon, very comfortable to just sort of clap back when he feels necessary. This was post a Geelong Frio game. Yeah. As well, but yeah. did you have a message to your players in particular? What do you think? 
Well, I just think it's a silly question. We play within the rules. What's your name? Mine. Yeah. Shane. Shane who? McGinnis. Okay, that's the best question you can come up with after two hours of footy. You're quite brilliant, Shane. Yeah, terrific. <laughs> I think you've got to look at what you stand for as a journalist, to be frank. <laughs> You're quite brilliant, Shane. Oh, I see. That's, that's aggressive stuff from Rossi. Mick Malthouse as well, back oh. in the day. Mick Malthouse v... It was Jay Clark, I think. Or Steve-O. Uh, it was Steve-O or Jay Clark. He had some nice little stouches with um, Steve-O. How about just Mick Malthouse v the media? Do you think your boys came to play today? I reckon they probably come here thinking they're going to have a real bad one today in the first quarter. <laughs> what do you honestly think? That, that term, come to play, where does it originate from and what do they reckon? They come to play marbles or football or do you think they didn't come to play? Do you think they sat in their cars waiting for the game to start then go out there? <laughs> That's really overanalyzing. But Jay Clay said, well, did they come to play today or not? No, I think they turned up saying we're going to have a real bad one today. <laughs> they come to, or they come to play marbles. Oh, that is excellent. Mick Malthouse. He had some rippers over the years. Oh, he'd be intimidating, though, for journos. He'd as proper well. fire up, though, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Proper be like, fire up. And I reckon there'd be situations where a journal would start asking a question and then Mick would sort of look over him. And he's got this look in his eye as well where it's almost like he can see fire. Real angry. That would be as tough as it gets, asking a prickly question to Mick Malthouse after a loss. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. You'd be a brave man. <laughs> Real brave man. Uh, 9.48 on 1629 SNSA. A lot of texts coming through. We'll get through all of them before 10.30. Uh, we'd love to take a call from you as well. one three hundred seven three six. 736 uh, our good friend Tommy Lyons is going to join us next because we're in that kind of weird spot where I'm still absolutely in AFL mode, but you've got to try and will yourself or transform yourself into cricket mode. It's not easy. No, it's not. And we interviewed uh, the big rhino, Harris, yeah. during the week, and he said, it's cricket season now, boys. Yeah, he said, boys, it's cricket season, right? If you, if you haven't realised... He said, wake up. He said, grow up. For goodness sake, it's cricket season. It's been cricket season for a couple of weeks in yeah. their eyes. And uh, yes, we all need to make the adjustment into cricket season, Hazy. Mm. All right, it's 9.48. Do you want to thanks to Solitaire Volkswagen? That's where you'll find the new Performance R range. Good morning. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across Australia. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, text line 0427-154-166. We're blessed because um, Tom Lyon has swum into the studio. And the reason I said he swam into the studio is um, a couple of weeks ago, this was not an off-air conversation, but um, we discovered, Bryce, that uh, our good mate Tommy Lyon's got web feet. Yes. <laughs> Gives me a 10% swimming advantage whenever I race anyone and I, I still lose. Look, it's really confronting uh, when you see it as well. Yeah, my favourite time was when I was at a party and someone uh, said, "Could they asked if they could take a photo of my feet?" And I said, "Well, that's weird, but yeah, if you like." And yeah. uh, they took a photo and posted it on Facebook and and tagged me in it and said, "How would you be?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is it like this dude oh. was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, is it say, "Hey, can I take a photo of you?" No worries. What are you gonna do with it? I oh, don't worry about it. Puts on social media. God, I'm so glad I'm not this person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was uh, a rolled gold idiot. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> boys, cricket season is upon us. And I, I know you feel a similar way. Where, you know, we've just come out of the trade period. We're still sort of in footy mode mm. and expected to just click into loving cricket right away. When it, when it takes my mind a good couple of months to really, you know, the first test will happen and, and I can't fully embrace it until a couple of months in. 
Spot on. Spot on, Tommy. And then, uh, so I'm sitting there going, am I about to get right into it as soon as the World Cup starts? Mm. I'm not sure that I am. Of course, I will be listening to SENSA for all the fantastic cricket coverage. commentary and the coverage. But yeah. um, is there something else that really, really need to get um, us and our cricket arousal levels <laughs> where they need to be? Just not even cricket arousal levels, mm. just straight up. I... Um, I looked at the fixture coming up, and there's South Africa and the West Indies uh, are coming over to tour, if you didn't know already. Yeah. So, and one of the test series is uh, against, I think it's the West Indies, it's a two test series. I don't understand what's the point. Like, how do you win that? Well, it- you win one and then draw the other one? Yes, but I mean, what, if- <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is if they both win one, What's next? They just yes. go, yep, well, that's the series done. Um, but, look, I do love the game, and, and I will get into it uh, as the summer goes along because I played a lot as a kid. You guys played a lot as kids, didn't you, Gibber? Yeah, a lot of backyard cricket. I, yeah. never, was, well, I never played club or anything like that. I just don't think I was any good at it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, backyard specialist. Yeah. And so you've got a story, Gibsy, because – Mm. To paint a picture for Bryce Gibbs, gorgeous, like face. I mean, hair so thick you can't even run your hands through it. Perfect face, facial structure, but you've got this horrible, horrible scar, which really, really takes the gloss off everything else about you. Like it is, yeah. really, isn't it, Tommy? Like it is really distracting, <laughs> Sa- savage. And I, and I, and I just keep I on looking look at. at him, going, "Wow, if only that scar wasn't there." It's, that was the end <laughs> the of perfection. my mod- my modelling career gone after. <laughs> After I got this scar. I think, yeah. I think it gives you an edge. Bit of toughness to, yeah. to yeah. you reckon. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. So, well, how it come about, it's it's a little bit left of field. And it come about by playing cricket, actually. We yeah. had a, a father-son indoor cricket side uh, when I was 15. So just my mates from school and, and the old boys play every, you know, on a Tuesday night um, down at the, the local indoor cricket, um, whatever it is, the, Center, center. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. Anyway, so my my old man is very competitive. Yeah. Whether he's playing marbles, cricket, footy, whatever it may be, he gets very, very competitive. And we're playing against this team, and he gets on the lip, right? So they, oh, they, they 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 put a fielder right next to him, and he goes, he basically turns to him, he's like, "Mate, if you're going to field there, I'm going to hit the ball into you." So, sure enough, ball comes down. My old man steps back, just cuts the ball straight into this bloke, standing like that silly mid on <laughs> or whatever. That, right? yeah. So those are the sort of things that are happening during our, our innings in, on this particular time. Anyway, this bloke was going back and forth, and, and we just finished our innings. I'd, I'd faced the last ball, hit, hit the ball. We ran a single, and the bowler was just lipping my old man, like, <laughs> like into him hard. And as I've, I've ran, ran, ran my single – I was heading towards out of the net, like to change the change batters, and we've just clipped each other in terms of like our shoulders just brushed, and he thought I'd tried to run through him, and I was fifteen. This bloke would have been forty, like oh. old man, and he turned around and started abusing me, going, "You little, you tried to run through me," and like I turned around, like I had no idea what was going on. Turned around, and he's come at me, and next minute I know this bloke's got my got me by my neck up against the net. And then all of a sudden, my old man who was talking to the wicketkeeper down the other end saw it and he's just put his bat down, charged at this bloke. All of a sudden, it's just an all-in brawl. 
And, what? And because my old man was lifting most of these blokes during the, the batting innings, they all, my old man tackled this bloke who had me up, pinned up against the net, tackled him. So then they all jumped on my old man. The next minute, all my mates and their dads jumped in the net as well to try and break it up. But it was just on. So they all jumped on my old man. I've gone over to help him pull a bloke off of him and a bloke just turned around and just king hit me. Like, drop, oh, drop me. Boy. Um it went on for a, a, a couple of minutes. The the stadium, um, <laughs> the people, stadium erupted. The stadium people <laughs> come in and, and broke anarchy. it all up. But like, because there was like indoor netball yeah. games going on, other indoor cricket games, Jesus the whole Christ. stadium just stopped and watched four fifteen-year-olds and their old man punching on with this <laughs> other team. Anyway, so I cut me like I was bleeding and um, was the cops were called and like it was pretty full on. Wow, we. Um, and yeah, it was an interesting phone call to mum. I remember where. It got to about 11 o'clock and mum's like, where are you guys? We had to ring her. I was like, mum, don't get angry, but we're just sitting in the hospital. <laughs> she's like, what, what's happened? What's, what's going on? Oh, she's like, oh, did you get hit by the ball or something? I was like, nah, just got king hit by a 40-year-old. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. so did he get in trouble? I mean, did he get done for assault? Well, we had the option to press charges. Um, and I suppose there was no crack or you know, I didn't break my jaw or, or face or anything. It just yeah, needed but stitches. But we, we your decided. Face has been disfigured for the rest of your well, life. Look at you. You look horrible. Well, <laughs> well the, bloke, the, bloke, the bloke who hit me, his, his name was Fury. So Fury. Off the back of that, we decided not to press charges just, you know, just in case Fury. <laughs> in case Fury, you had bikey mates. Fury turned up uh, at, at the house a couple of wow. days later. But. Um, yeah, at the time it was a little bit scary, but looking back now, it's actually quite a funny story to tell. Wow, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Yeah, now. and the ramifications that came from that, um, and just sounds like Fury needs some therapy. <laughs> Fury's got the issues here. Don't worry about Bryce. There you go. Um, you, Tommy, because you, you're a cricketer from way back. Yeah, I, I played a lot of cricket as a kid. It was the one sport I, I could excel at, yet still managed to fail in the end. Um, I played for Grange Cricket Club back in the day, and in under 17s, uh, where they were quite a good team, number one. And my, I was 15 at the time. My, my mate, who was the wicketkeeper, went down. So as default, I would, you know, Stephen Bradbury it in and, yeah. and play for the 17s. And uh, Trent Kelly played for that. So he used to play for South Australia, yeah, very fast player. bowler, Real very good, good player. player. But at that stage of his development, he just had no control over the swing of the ball. Like he would swing in a metre either way or just go. Real Jeff Thompson vibes, yeah, which is just, really scary because if you're the batsman, you're like, well, I don't know where he's going to bowl it. The fact that he doesn't know where he's going to bowl it, it's even more intimidating. You could just Wild never thing, pick it. Sean Tate, yeah. It, it was insane. And you know when you're that age, like 125, 130 k's an hour. That's, that's heat. It's it's almost unseeable at that stage. Like it's that's so quick. It's just blink of the eye. So they pull me into practice at the nets um, before the game and he's, he's bowling to me and I'm batting. Hits me in the rib cage, and I, I go down like a sack of potatoes. And he just says, "You're going to have to be better than that on Saturday." <laughs> <laughs> that <is> true. <laughs> That's good, tough talk from Trent. And like, it hurt so bad, one tear rolled down my cheek. But you obviously <laughs> pretend it's all good. Saturday rolls around on wicket keeping. And it's literally flying like I'm diving three meters to the left to catch one on the leg side. Dive three minutes all right to catch one on the other side. And finally, uh, a nick comes through and and it goes too far for me to go. I just get a half a glove on it. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever felt the disappointment just roll through an entire cricket team when you drop a catch. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he was he was a bull at that time. He was searing with anger and uh, – 
I'd let the team down and uh, he didn't talk to me for the whole day. <laughs> but look, we made amends uh, after that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I remember being maybe a 13 or a 14-year-old playing for the Beckham Cricket Club. This Beckham, is southwestern wow. New South Wales. Beckham population of about 65 people near Ardlethan, which is a couple of hundred. And I remember it was a men's cricket team, I reckon, as well. Guy by the name of Jeremy Foster. He would have been 21 at the time. And yeah. this is the sort of grade or the level that this sort of country cricket was at. In between overs, just some of these boys pulling out a cigarette and yeah. just smoking every time. And I remember thinking, that is so, so cool. Yeah. That is awesome. One day, one day I'll get to that level where I can smoke a dart in between overs. Uh, and that's, that's what why, I wanted to get to. And that's why we see you smoking darts in between breaks here. Now I'm smoking darts right now. <laughs> 1980s radio. (laughs) It's three minutes past ten. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Uh, 0427154166. I thought cricket was supposed to be the gentleman's game. A lot of stories coming through about when it just really goes in interesting directions off the back of Bryce Gibbs' story where... (laughs) He and his old man, classic Ross Gibbs too, just to uh, <coughs> fire up the opposition like that, so much so that you get belted by a 40-year-old, and now you've got this horrible, <laughs> awful, <laughs> awful, distracting. <laughs> it's a very, very That's why we call him Scarface. <laughs> we call him Scarface. It's like, don't look at Bryce directly in his eye because he's got this gimp eye now <laughs> off the back of Fury hitting him in the face. Just went whack. But that was just the teaser, <laughs> yeah. because you've got an even hairier cricket story. I do, I do. Um, I didn't expect to be telling these stories on air <laughs> this morning, but uh, yeah, I do have another one. <laughs> My old man used to work in the pub game uh, as a gaming manager for many years, and he worked at the Grand Junction Tavern um, out north for, for a number of years, and they used to have a, a cricket tournament with all the pubs in the area. It's called the Wacker Cup. It's pretty just... Bit of fun on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. You're only allowed to bowl off like three, three steps, and you, you didn't have to. You could only wear one pad out there, and no one wore helmets or anything. It was, it was pretty cruisy, more just a bit of fun. You blokes would go out with a beer and bat with a beer and that sort of thing. But uh, as as those sort of tournaments do, they can get pretty pretty feisty and get pretty hmm. pretty uh, pretty serious. But um, I remember we played this team, and there was a young kid batting, and he hit the ball and. I was uh, actually caught him on the on the boundary. Nice. And he and he walked off, and he was pretty unhappy with it. He's swearing and carrying on and throwing his bat around. And uh, one of our team uh, bloke who was on our team who was fielding say gave him some feedbacks. Mate, stop carrying on. Just get off the ground, would you? Pretty pointed feedback. And this kid <laughs> started coming at him with the bat. One was going to hit him. A little so psychopath in self defence. Uh, they don't muck around out there at, uh, at Wingfield. <laughs> they do things a bit different, don't they? We're all, they sell all the tyres. This bloke who was in our team, just I, I guess it was in self-defence, just put one on his chin just to, as, he, as he would, yeah. bloke coming at you swinging a cricket bat. Anyway, the bloke hit the deck. His old man who was on the other team saw it and ran out and pulled a knife, a big blade, Far out. It was wow. just strapped, How big? strapped to his back. <laughs> of course and, it was. And, and, and wanted to... Wanted to ch- get at this bloke who was on our team who uh, who obviously hit hit his son. So um, you can fair to say the cricket got shut down pretty quickly, and uh, <laughs> the the word cops are on their way, and everyone just went everyone dispersed, everyone disappeared immediately, real quick. So those two stories 
probably why I didn't get into cricket <laughs> that, that much as a kid. It turned off. So they, luckily the uh, the president of the, the cricket club saw what was un- unveiling at the time and sprinted and tackled this bloke who had this blade. It was a huge blade. Yeah, was gonna, wow. I don't know what would have happened if he had got to this got to this bloke, but um, yeah, luckily tackled him. Got the knife off him and, okay. uh, yeah, it was pretty lucky that uh, it only got to that stage. Hang on. So that's out so, near Jeps Cross, yeah. isn't it? Like, isn't the jail, like, next door? Yatla. So, uh, isn't, is, it, is that where it is? That's I love driver, driving past Yatla. Is that literally the Oval? Wingfield, the, Wingfield Oval, I think, it, I think it was. With the jail next door? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So I, mm. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you, that's not what happens. You've got to go through the system. But there's something about <laughs> doing a giant criminal activity right next to a jail that doesn't sit well with me. Like, that's sort of a place where you definitely wouldn't do it. No. It's, it's probably risky. I wouldn't be um, threatening people with the giant blade next to the jail. Well, there's almost an imaginary borderline. When you travel down Grand Junction Road and you go beyond the train lines, that's when you're kind of heading into the Bronx. Yep. So the, that's where I, I draw an imaginary line. And that's when at night time sort of some uh, shadier characters start to emerge. Who yeah. I love. Yeah. Love to get out and meet. Um, <laughs> of course you did. That is no Bronx. I spent a good seven or eight years in the beautiful area of Playford uh, playing for the dogs. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, Ponderosa. Uh, very, very good. Good friends. God's uh, country. Um, speaking of, this text, 0427154166. Back in the day, we played under-17s on Central's League Oval. Halftime fight started in the race going to change rooms. Time fight was over. We had to go back on over to start the third quarter. That's from Dracos. Ooh, I tell you what. If uh, wow. Elizabeth Oval could talk, it would say... Some it would very, cry. very strange. <laughs> if you could talk, first of all, it would break down and cry. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it would tell you there's been some interesting um, scuffles, in, not just on the Oval, but particularly in the race in leading that, to it. Because yeah. you have, as an opposition team, yeah. you've got to come through the race. Yeah. You, if you intercept each other at the same time. It, yeah. Oh, I've been in a couple of incidents. <laughs> we so the di- common theme I'm getting here is Bryce Gibbs and incidents. No knife Br- involved in this one, though. Bryce Gibbs and his father, Ross Gibbs, and incidents, which always just makes me think about that one you told us once where you said your dad said to you as a child, whatever happens today, don't tell anyone you're my son. <laughs> yeah. Right before he tried to get yeah. nude to kick his 100th goal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I um, hope one day that you say those words to your son. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very good stuff. You got a nice little story for us where oh, it doesn't even have to be cricket now, but who would have thought there were situations on a cricket field where – Things could just turn so rogue. I thought it was the gentleman's game, Tommy. Yeah, com- community sport. That's where it's at. That's where all the real stories happen. Um, clearly, cricket was a bit, a little bit gangster for you, Giver. Yeah. Yep, and that's why I didn't. My cricket career stopped pretty early on. There you go. All right, give us a nomination. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. We'll come back next with our sports update and also touch on what we've learned from this year's trade period. There's a lot to get through. We're just trying to will ourselves as well into cricket season. Just yeah. trying to find a way just to merge. Because right now, I mean, we just named our best 22. I'm ready for footy starting in next week. I'm yeah. in the zone. Yeah. It's hard to get excited right off the back. We need we need some warming up. Mm. I know Amazon have got a doco coming out soon, which, um, mm, which, do. uh, which does get the juices flowing, actually. Have a listen to it. Playing for the Australian team, we don't expect to lose. We expect it to win every game. Travis Head. Kawaja, the comeback kid. Oh, has that been dropped? If you get too high when you're doing well, this game will knock you straight back down. Oh, it's got six at the G. Bill the man is stuck. 
Uh, sorry, mate. Looking for arousal levels. Not even a flutter down there. Well, I'm ready. I, I've heard that, and I'm ready to. I'm ready to go. But for to, test cricket, we'll be fine. Yeah. Like I love te- test cricket so much. I'm just wondering if I can get a flutter down there for the T20 World Cup. Well, surely that that's maybe. Sh- surely that that's enough to get you up. So that's got a, me a, up. A home. We all up. T20 World Cup. Yeah, on totally. our backyard. Surely that's that's enough of a all tournament need, to get you going into cricket season, Tommy. All you need is a couple of friends, a couple of beers, and to learn the names again. And all of a sudden, Hazy is standing to attention. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Are we up and about? The T20 World Cricket World Cup, 0427. I am. 154, 166. <laughs> you are, but is it for cricket? Uh, it's for I, I do worry, though, for the one-day uh, format. That that seems to be getting lost in the ether in amongst all this T20. <laughs> all right, 0427, 154, 166, get involved. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across Australia. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Coming to you live from SNSA Studio, Lumo SA. We are powered by Lumo Energy SA and also powered by your text. 0427 154 166. Uh, getting through before 10.30. Greenacres Oval is next to the jail. Uh, that's what we are talking about before. Is that where it was? Greenacres Oval? Nah, it was Wingfield Footy Club, I reckon. Right, okay. So not far from the jail. Yep. Yeah, still. Dangerous short, place to be doing dangerous short, things. Would have been a short drive after <laughs> yeah. committing a crime like that. All right. The other thing we asked this morning is what were your key learnings from the trade period? So let's get into that. Jeez, um, it was busy. It was an absolute circus, as we hoped for in the last sort of hour or so. But one of the biggest deals in recent memories of, as well, number one pick, left the club after a year. Jason Lord Francis is now um, at Port Adelaide. Um, and some big deals along the way, and both clubs would be very, very happy with what they got. The Crows just went after Rankin. That's all they were after. And and that was basically, it felt like a trade which could have been done in the first couple of days. It dragged out into the second week, but they're happy. Port Adelaide as a whole, absolutely happy. Uh, Asava Radagalia would have been the absolute icing on the cake, but still a good haul. Your key learnings, Gibbsy, what'd you take from it? Yeah, well... Pretty good result for both of our SA clubs, as we've spoken about Adelaide. We know we're all in on the Isaac Rankin deal, and they don't have much of a draft hand, either Duport, uh, for the next couple of years, actually, but uh, they don't need it. Uh, both teams are, have got uh, they've got a lot of talent in, in, the, in the door of the last year or two, so um, I, think, I think they've gone and done what they've, they've needed to, and uh, both clubs would be pretty happy, I would have thought. Your big winners... It's hard to go past Geelong. Yeah. I mean, they've just won the flag. They lose uh, an unbelievable superstar in Joel Selwood, but they just continue to attract really good players. So Jake Bo- uh, Jack Bowers comes with pick seven. Yep. Uh, Tanner Bruin for pick, I think, 18 uh, it was. Ollie Henry comes to play with his brother. All players that are going to be very, very good for the next 10 years. Um, big losers from the trade period. Uh, good question. I think, well, Hawthorne look pretty thin now after losing. I think there's only one player left that was in their leadership group this year. Yeah. Uh, in terms of some of their big senior, Tom Mitchell, Jaeger O'Meara departing. So they're going to be in for a little bit of short-term pain, I think. They didn't, they, and they didn't get much for them in terms of high-end draft picks. They sort of got... Or was it a third round, a future third for, for Tom Mitchell? Pretty much, but still, uh, I mean, it, it is essentially them starting again and a bit of a rebuild. 
So I did see a point from Patrick Dangerfield a couple of days ago, which I thought was spot on. Um, you lose blokes like Mitchell, Gunston, O'Meara, who are in the twilight of their careers. And all of a sudden you start going, well, what's going on? What's the expectations this year? Well, with those blokes still in there, well, what is the expectation for Hawthorne? If they kept that list together, they'd be pushing, maybe, hopefully, for a spot in the top eight. Otherwise, it could be sort of eight to 12, that sort of area. And then to do what? Compete against potentially Tasmania in the next couple of years to try and go through a rebuild? If you're trying to get good draft picks in the next few years instead of the next year, the next immediate couple of years, um, and it's down the line against a new side coming in, you're buggered. They're getting all the good picks. Yeah, it does make sense. So is that locked in, is it? Well, it's not locked in. Is well, everyone's without Paddy it being Day, absolutely Paddy locked Dangerfield in. Danger telling us something that we don't know. It's a little hidden exclusive. Is that what you're saying? The president of the AFLPA maybe just knows some information everyone, yeah. more, than, uh, more than most. But um, I think everyone like, thinks it's coming. It does make sense. And you saw the amount of um, advantage the Gold Coast and GWS got when they first come into the league in terms of access to early draft picks and priority picks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, it does make sense to rip the Band-Aid off now and, and get it done. And, and maybe that's what St Kilda are doing in terms of heading in a new direction after sacking their coach who they just signed uh, for a, a contract extension only three months ago. Jeez, what sort of world of pain could secure to be in for for the next couple of years? Uh, time will tell. They don't even a coach yet, so that's an interesting question um, in itself as to who's in the mix. You think Adam Uze, you think Don Pike, um, Ross Lyon's been linked. Maybe Mark McVeigh could bob up. Who knows? That'll be a very, very interesting watch this space in the next hour or so. Um, the other thing as well is the go-home factor. Jason Orn Francis, Isaac Rankin, that is absolutely alive and very, very well, so much so now that interstate clubs... Um, would have to be extra wary of recruiting kids not from that state? Well, yeah, Jason McCartney, the the list manager, I think he is, of uh, GWS, said they're, they're compromised going forward because this thing is absolutely real and it's going to determine who they pick up and who they recruit in the draft because of where they live and where they're from. All for player movement too. Player movement now is is huge and not uncommon now to see guys like and you love to see Jack Gunston go, all right, well, why don't I go to Brisbane? It's good for lifestyle, and it's probably my last shot to win another flag. Because somebody else, I mean, in a different time, I feel like you would say, well, Jack, you've just won three, three flags. Don't you want to finish off your career at Hawthorne? But I love that he goes, no, 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 I've only got one more shot, maybe two or three more years of this thing. It's not at Hawthorne, so why not go to Brisbane? I, I love player movement. I'm all for it. Yeah, for sure. And Gary's just got on the text line here and said, Hawthorne got a future second round and Cooper Stevens, who, who's who got a lot of potential. So they, they did get a little back, bit back in the door. But, um, yeah, I think we're all expecting them to finish down the bottom of the ladder next year. So they'll uh, they'll go back to the draft again next year. All right, your key learnings from this year's trade trade period. So we'll take your text next. We're running out of time, so get them in nice and quick. 0427 We're at Studio Lumo SA. That's right in the heart of the city. One King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And our good mates at Solitaire Volkswagen. The new performance R-Range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. So get down there and check it out. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Powered by Lumo Energy SA, we've had some fun this morning. I'll be honest with you, surely you agree with me, Bryce. Yeah, a few uh, went off on a few different tangents today, yeah. but that's that's what it's all about. Sometimes you just need to throw the run sheet out the window, <laughs> Hazy. 
You, sometimes you do, and you just got to fly by the seat of your pants. And I feel like a few times this morning we did that. Tommy, thoughts? It's my favourite saying in the world. Throw the run sheet out, yeah. uh, get on with it, and um, enjoy the glory of it all. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, plants today, boys. Tommy? Well, I've got a gig tomorrow at the Kensington Hotel. Oh. Uh, if, if anyone's uh, out and about and wants to enjoy a frothy, I've got to prepare for that and nice. uh, because my voice was sounding like garbage yesterday. So getting ready and, uh, yeah, how about you, Gibber? What are you up to? I'd love to say I'd make it tomorrow, but I might be a little bit under the weather. We've got a buck show what? today, so oh. uh, celebrating. Oh. Uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Timmy Phillips, one of my good mates from school, is getting hitched, so yeah, going to send him off in style today. Where to? Where are we going? I'm going to start at the races and then just see where the, the afternoon oh. takes us. Will you be wearing a black shirt, a silver tie, and some white loafers, I reckon? Some white snake skin. Bryce yeah, might man. be in a coffin tomorrow. <laughs> good stuff. Asleep, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Catch up by the podcast. Still alive. Whoa, goodness <laughs> me, you had to put that in a really interesting direction there, Tommy. All right, we'll catch up with this time next week. Um, stick around for some outstanding broadcasting on SENSA. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs>